Well, the ag markets on the first day of the new trading year were all lower except for the cattle market. Brian Doherty with Total Farm Marketing joining us. And Brian, soybeans kind of led the charge down, new lows for the move there, new contract lows in corn. But what pushed it? Was it just South American weather or what? I, let's go with that as your number one reason. So we went into the end of the year with what appeared to be a pretty good forecast or an improving, let's use the word improving forecast for Brazil, came out of this long weekend with the same forecast, if not even a little better. So from mid-December to now, it's really more improved weather expectations and crop expectations out of Brazil. You just can't quite connect those dots that you could in early December. And then it's technical selling. The funds have been short. They added to short positions. We saw that in commitment of traders. I think they looked at it today and the traders did. And they, they, the traders just said, look, there's nothing there. And they, they continue to sell. Was there also some pickup in farmer selling? I know that was something everybody was concerned about here as we started the new year. We can't help but think that 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 is part of this equation, or at least grain that's going to be delivered after the first of the year, or both. Um, when you talk to farmers earlier in the year, it's been kind of a compounding problem. We can go back a year. Uh, you had inverted markets. You had farmers that uh, didn't they sold nicely on the old crop, but didn't really get enough new crop sold. So there's a lot of new crop that isn't sold. Farmers are looking ahead. They got to core their bins pretty soon. They got to start moving this product. Uh, a lot of them didn't want to take income into into 2023. In the end of 2023, offset that or sold bushels now into 2024. So that's part of the equation, we think. You can't help but think or want to add that in when you see down days like we saw on uh, Friday and then today on Tuesday. Beans, corn, those are some weak finishes. Wheat, not very good looking today either. Yeah. So let's talk technically, new contract lows in March corn. You had new lows for the move, six and a half month lows in soybeans. Where are the next areas of support here on the charts? Sure. So the front month March is your front uh, uh, in corn. So you're going to expect that that contract will probably head down toward that 450 zone if this trend were to continue. We saw December futures at one point trade under 450. It came back. But remember, September went off, I believe, in that 462 area, December around 466. Now March is close to 464. So is it consolidating, you know, on a weekly chart? Yes. Is March down low enough that farmer selling might be minimal and end user buying more aggressive? Yes. But still, you need some sort of catalyst to really encourage that end user to buy at all costs. Soybeans, on the other hand, that chart concerns me a little bit more. We left some pretty big... Uh, Pretty big spaces uh, from where the market was. When I say spaces, uh, you look back in November, you saw the uh, March contract of soybeans uh, trading over $14, head and shoulders formation, Michelle. You're fulfilling the right shoulder on, a, on what I'm going to call the nearby head and shoulders or the narrow one. That points to probably 12 and a quarter. And then if we break the longer range, one which it looks like today, we might have broken the right shoulder. And I know that's kind of gibberish, head and shoulders and all this, but they are chart formations that if I see them and everyone else sees them, a lot of times that's how the trade trades them. Uh, that pushes your bean contract maybe closer to that 1150 zone. And the problem is we've been there before. We saw, we saw 1150 March soybeans. Uh, at the end of last May. So if the market perceives a big Southern Hemisphere crop and the end user doesn't step up aggressively, this is our Achilles heel right now. This is head and shoulders in this downtrending market to where prices may have been last, last May. 
And then over in the wheat market, we continue to see that technical picture not necessarily look as, as favorable as, as, as one would like. So wheat has a good pickup here, nice pennant formation. We like the way it traded last week, looked like it might try and poke to the top side, laid a big goose egg today, maybe in sympathy, but it's at the 40 and 50 day moving average in Chicago at 620. If that, uh, or 606, excuse me, if that area doesn't hold, 550 is where that market was back in, in late November. So kind of brace yourself that the, the bears could come back alive into that market, despite all the uncertainty in the Middle East and, and, and well, let's call it the war zones. Cattle market, one of the few that was up for the day was that market just chasing the cash and can the market build on it? Well, expectations are stayed to firmer cash. The market can build on it. Weight gain has been relatively good. It's been a relatively mild winter compared to others. And so you've got those issues. It appears from what we can kind of see that consumers did spend money over the Christmas holiday. And it was said that shopping expenditures were up compared to 2022. You got to think perhaps that restaurant expenditures were up as well as beef, sort of the primary the competition, though, is strong. You got plenty of pork, about 5% more pork slaughter last week uh, than, than, than a year ago. Uh, and you've got a situation where credit card debt continues to be a concern. So how far can the consumer carry new purchases into the new year? So we like the idea that the, the beef market is uh, well-supported. It's got room to recover. The live cattle market does. We probably got another 5 to $10 higher in the April contract, especially if weather's a factor. But I don't think we're returning to the kind of the, the unabated bullish mindset that we saw um, all summer into fall. And meanwhile, hogs are kind of knocking on the new contract or the contract low areas again, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's a it's a supply thing. The, the just we're not seeing the consumer and export market absorb it as much as they need to to kind of hold this together. The uh, the same story there that we kind of see in the milk market. We touched on that is that your deferred months continue to provide some thought or incentive to stay actively producing, and that's can be a problem. So when you look at the July hogs, uh, the down buck forty two today, but still at ninety dollars over ninety dollars. August 91, those to me are numbers that resonate with the producer that, that they'll say, hold on, we're not going to back off too far here. Um, expectations are, and the reason those deferred months are, are higher is that, that producers will curb down production and demand will improve to, and, on lower prices. The old uh, economic theory is quantity demanded increases uh, at lower price. We'll see if that happens, but right now the world just doesn't, it's not knocking down the door for any commodities and neither is the trade. The trade continues to be defensive minded on commodities. And with that in mind, uh, milk market leaking again here today, front months are still in that 15, half 16 area. And do you think the low is in yet? Well, the cheese market would signal that the futures in milk probably hasn't seen its low. Uh, so you've got continued sluggish cheese. Now it has stabilized. Milk futures have stabilized the last several days. But the, the steeper trend is still down, which is reflective of, again, for some reason, we just didn't see that demand market cycle in. Maybe it's the combination of overseas, higher dollar today, you know, roughly and in a rough way. Let's call it 15 to 20%. I'd like to think 20% of our milk in some form or another heads overseas. Uh, 
we, we haven't seen that pick up with despite the dollar down the last couple of months, pick up to the level where you feel confident. I think it still goes back to producers. They had good production numbers last year with good prices and good tools to shift risk. And so I don't think we curb the herd down as fast as you might normally have expected from a historical view. And consequently, we're still seeing plenty of supply flow. Still, again, a little bit surprised we just didn't see that better. You know, into the holiday season, we heard from several of our, uh, uh, let's call it our sources that just said, you know, the orders just didn't come in. And um, that's, that's unfortunate. This is Brian Doherty with Total Farm Marketing. That is Markets Now.